Hey, this is Craig Mish. Another episode of Swings and Mishes coming your way. Before we do, our sponsor, BetDSI.com, reminds you Monday night is the national championship game between Clemson and Alabama. Right now, Alabama is minus five and a half. If you go ahead and sign up, put your first deposit in, use your promo code, which is ours, SWINGS101, and they will match your first deposit up to $2,500. That's over at BetDSI.com. Also, in the NFL, of course, we have the playoffs this weekend. Who do you like? Indianapolis and Houston. Right now, BetDSI has the Texans minus two, and the total is 48. NBA, NFL, college basketball, it is all over there at BetDSI.com. Make sure you use the promo code SWINGS101 and get started right now. The payoffs are fast. They've been in business for almost two decades. BetDSI.com. Start winning right now. Hello, Marlins fans, and Happy New Year to you as this is the first episode of Swings and Mishes in the year 2019, uh, which is making me feel very old. I am your... You're uh, feeling old. That's yeah. bad news for me. <laughs> uh, really bad news. Well, that's, uh, that's Craig Mish, the man behind Swings and Mishes. I'm your producer, Jeremy Taché, and we are happy to welcome you into a new year full of uh, a new, expanded, and ever-excited podcast of Swings and Mishes. Um, ready to just get right into everything. But first, Craig, how was your new year? How was your little break here as we uh, were off for a couple of weeks from, from the podcast? You know, it was really good. I watched a lot of college football, I'm sure, like you did. I was very happy to see the Gators dismantle Michigan. I was upset for you Thank to you. see uh, Central Florida not only not uh, win, but also come a point away from covering against, oh. uh, against LSU, too. So, yeah, it was, uh, but it was fun. I mean, the bowl games were fun. I'm looking forward to seeing Monday night Clemson against Alabama, of course, and then we have the NFL playoffs going on, and then – Obviously, for people who are listening to this, they want to talk baseball. I I'm, can't wait to get spring training going. Most people who have followed me through the years know that I'm a spring training junkie. I'm usually, uh, you know, out of 40 days there, 25 or 30 days, I try to get to spring as much as I can because I, I host a fantasy show, try to get the insight there. And, of course, from a reality point of view, just getting to talk to the players again and kind of getting a view for what's going on with the season and especially with the Marlins at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter. Right, and we'll get right back into all of that as spring training approaches, but it's still the offseason for the time being, and the biggest talking point of this offseason has been the Miami Marlins and JT Ruimuto. Now, what? Are you serious? I mean, I guess you could also, you could also make the argument that... Uh, well, you could also make the argument that, that Bryce Harper and, and Manny Machado have been a big talking point, but not in the, not same, really. way. <laughs> not in the same way that not JT really. has been at the forefront of every conversation. Uh, yeah. whether it's with us or anybody else, JT has been the talk of the town. And so, you know, I know you have set percentages and, and we'll get to some other news and notes uh, as we go along in this episode, but we, we kind of want to yeah. start here with JT and an update there. You know, you put these percentages out there and you've updated them throughout the process with JT. And obviously as, as you have in the tweet that has the percentages, it's entertainment purposes only, but uh, everyone takes their entertainment pretty seriously. Uh, and so we're in this position where, you know, you have a list of teams and, and each mm -hmm. of them has their percentage of trading for JT. And I just kind of want to take you team by team and sort of update where we're at and, you know, maybe find the realistic chances of JT landing with these teams. So I'm just going to start at the top, sure. if you don't mind, yeah. and, and we'll work our way down and, and get to some different conversations. So at the top, and they've been there pretty much through this entire process, and you're the only one that has them there, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they're still at 35% in your most recent uh, percentages for JT. And I'm wondering where they're at at the moment. Okay, well, first of all, let, let's start off by saying this. Uh, you know, I, I can only report on what I know and, and my reports. A lot of people, and I appreciate everybody following on social media, obviously everybody is in on the uh, insider game trying to get information trying to uh, you know, put out ideas and possible trades. And I have a lot of respect for everybody that does it. So I am personally not in the business of telling people, I mean, every once in a blue moon, I will. But for the most part, I am not in the business of like telling somebody they're wrong or saying that this is not true. I just don't do that. So uh, if you want that, then you'll have to find somebody else for that. Because for me, I only 
put out information that I know. And as it pertains to the Marlins, I think for anybody listening to this, they have to understand that I have a pretty strong track record with these things. Mm -hmm. So that being said, Craig, why are the Braves still at the top? Why are they still in there? It is a fair question because if you are paying attention to a lot of other reports, then you certainly would see that they are not in the conversation. So let's explain why the Braves are, are still on there. First of all, the Braves are as good as a fit as any other team that is out there in Major League Baseball. The notion that Brian McCann, who is one of the most respected players, maybe a catcher over the last 10, 15, 20 years, who I had a chance to interview several times in uh, Palm Beach before the season started with the Houston Astros. I'm a big Brian McCann fan. And when the Braves return to prominence, which kind of they already have, but when they get to that point where they're going to be knocking on the doorstep of the World Series, you need somebody like Brian McCann in that clubhouse. But the notion that Brian McCann is going to catch 100 games or 90 games, I, I just don't see that as being realistic. Now, right. they could go into the season with McCann and Flowers, but the Atlanta Braves, guys, listen closely. Other than the Washington Nationals dating back to July, and now, of course, the Nationals have acquired a catcher, takes them out of the mix, there has been no team that has been as interested at, in acquiring Real Muto as the Atlanta Braves. This is a fact. And maybe they, in the last couple of weeks, they haven't engaged in a conversation. Yeah, it's certainly possible. But they want this player. Now, what will have to happen for the Braves to get JT Real Muto? I mean, are they the leader? Are they behind? I don't know the answers to that, but here's what I do know. The Marlins have had several different players uh, requested to the Braves. The Braves have rebuked some of these players, and the deal has changed so many different times with so many different variations, and you've seen me put out these names before. Uh, the names have been... Let's start from the beginning. Uh, Austin Riley and Soroka. And then I threw out Sean Newcomb at one point. I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I threw out and what I had. Um, okay, so, so it, things change quickly. Teams and deals, they don't – I work with two GMs on the radio every day. Deals don't just happen. Like, names change and variations change. And so you have to understand that going in. The most recent one – that I had heard was that the Marlins had kind of, I don't know if they've pivoted, but the interest is still on Austin Riley for sure, but definitely also on Ian Anderson, one of their minor league pitchers. Mm. So I don't personally think that the Braves at this point are willing to give up both of them to make a deal happen. And then there would be a third piece obviously involved in the deal. I think most of these deals uh, with Atlanta and Miami that's been talked about has been for three players. Uh, I don't know if that deal is going to happen. I don't know if Atlanta is willing to take that next step uh, by calling the Marlins back and saying a deal that we previously wouldn't have done, we will do now, but they own the pieces the Marlins want. I don't think that the Marlins ask at that point with those two players, is that unreasonable? Uh, I don't know exactly what the third piece would be, whether it's a major league player or whether it's a minor league player. I will just tell you that I've heard Ender Inciarte's name a couple of different times. I don't know if he's in the deal or if he's not, but I've heard his name at least mentioned. So that's why, guys, I have the Atlanta Braves still in the mix. It's because I, I know this information. And with all of the other teams that are mentioned, there's some of these teams that are being said to be interested or want Real Muto. We don't even have any names. Maybe right. it's certainly possible that they are in the mix, but if I don't hear any names and I don't hear any exchanges, how can I possibly <laughs> think that, that, that it is serious at this point? The counter to that would be somebody brought this up to me in a conversation. Well, did you know the names when you reported that Christian Yelich was going to go to the Brewers last year? Did you know that? Well, nobody knew that Christian Yelich was going to go to the Brewers until like three <laughs> days before he got traded. So there was no time to even get any name. And that very well could happen here too. Could be a random team off the grid jumping in the last minute where we know nothing and they end up acquiring this player. It's certainly possible. But this is not a where there's smoke, there's fire. For me, when I hear players' names going back and forth, that tells me at least there's some sort of formation for a possible deal. It may not happen with the Braves. It is certainly possible that the Braves do not get him. Uh, I, I can't say with certainty at all that they will, but to eliminate them from this discussion is not something that I'm willing to do. So that's where I wanted to start off with the Braves. Well, that 
seems to make a lot of sense when you're actually hearing names going back and forth. That's why you would have them at the top of the list. And I think you did a good job of uh, kind of summing that up for everybody. That So if the Braves are willing to trade, for example, and maybe a, a, if the Braves were to call the Marlins, let's say this is the way, and I'm throwing this out there uh, with, without facts, but if the Braves yeah. were to call the Marlins and say, we will give you Austin Riley, we will give you Ian Anderson, and we will give you something else, maybe potentially that the Marlins want. I think they would trade Real Muto to the Braves. Are the Braves willing to do that? I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. But if the Braves were to take that step and call, just like if Houston was to take that, we'll get to them. But just like if Houston was or the Reds were, we'll get to those teams. Uh-huh. Then I think that would make a trade. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish here on this podcast is to try to explain how a deal would get done. If the Braves were to, to trade Riley and Anderson and then something else, I don't know if it's Inciarte or Christian Pache. There's a bunch of names that are being thrown out. It seems like a lot, maybe for some, maybe for others it's not. I don't know. That's for you guys to decide. That is what would get a deal done with Atlanta. If, well, if that, it, happen. it does sound like the from the way that you know these conversations are going down, it does sort of seem like at this point it's more teams reaching out to the Marlins than the Marlins going the other way. Now, obviously, those conversations change over time. But, you know, being able to, as you said, for, have now, a for now, that's the right. way it is. I think that will change. But right. for now, that's the way it is. The Marlins are sitting back. They are receiving the phone calls. They have not pushed the agenda at some point. We'll talk about this later on. I think they will push the agenda, but I don't think at least they have to right now. All right. And so moving from team number one in the Braves to teams, well, tied at number two is, is where I'll throw this out there at 15% on the most recent update of the JT Ramuto percentage. It's old, old update, too. It's kind of a, yeah, it's been I a really, couple of weeks and, now. and that's why I haven't updated it, because there's really no in, new information even dating back uh, toward that. Now, player-wise, I've acquired some new information, which we'll get to with these teams. Uh, but again, I don't know how intense the discussions have picked up or dropped off. Uh, you know, sometimes you get this information, and it's like three deals ago. Like right. Last year with the Giants. Uh, and, and the Marlins for Stanton, I had like a proposal from like the first proposal. I didn't get the second, the third, the fourth, and I just threw all these names out there and some of them were wrong. So I'll try to avoid that. All right, well, and so now those, those two teams from that most recent update from a couple of weeks ago, it's the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. So where yeah. do those teams stand? Okay. The- so, so, the, so the Yankees at this point, I think, uh, while are still in the conversation as a possibility, seem to be more of a fallback option. I don't know that they're at the top. I don't know that they're at the bottom in this conversation, but the familiarity between the organizations and the idea that uh, Gary Denbo could go back and take more players from their minor league system that he knows well is certainly a possibility. Uh, Do I think it's the strongest possibility of happening? No. What would the optics be of now sending another player to the Yankees? I think that question has to be asked also, but I wouldn't eliminate them because when push comes to shove, they know this system and they feel like they did really well in that Stanton trade, uh, getting back Devers and getting back Guzman. And if that is indeed the case, why not go back to what you know and do it again if that's a possibility? Uh, The other team you mentioned was Tampa Bay. Yeah. Right? Tampa Bay. Yes. Tampa Bay, I still think, is trying to be creative to find a, a way to acquire him uh, I have not heard a bunch of players involved the one thing is that that was suggested to me and again a suggestion I was uh, checked into this was not really able to find or quantify and it pertains to not just the Rays but I think the other teams too I think that the from the Marlins point of view the one thing that they, they're kind of realizing here maybe is that if they are aren't able to get the full return on the players involved, maybe let's say the third piece of what they're looking for in this deal. The other thing that they could potentially do is, is take a step back and say, okay, we are going to lose, if we keep JT for two more years, and we do, which is silly, it's not going to happen, but let's just say hypothetically they had that conversation. In two years, they're going to uh, get a, a comp pick for JT signing somewhere else. That's the way baseball works. And recently, over the last year or so or two, you're able to now trade these uh, compensatory picks. And so uh, Tampa Bay, maybe, and again, this was speculated to me, and I checked in on so many different places, and I couldn't you know, really figure it out. But uh, Tampa Bay uh, has uh, a compensatory pick, and other teams could hypothetically acquire these comp picks to say to the Marlins, hey, look, 
instead of you holding on to JT for two years and then getting that comp pick, we'll give you the one that we have now. Right. And so that may be, and this is speculation, and, and you know, I don't want to state this as fact, but don't be surprised, I guess, if that is part of an end deal where the Marlins get a pick back. Uh, it, it essentially, instead of maybe instead of a player to say, hey, look, you, the, the, the comp pick that you would have gotten two years, you're getting it now from us. We'll give it to you because you can trade those comp picks. Now, Jeremy, again, a lot of speculation going on. I know right. this is the first that anybody's spoken of this, but this is what I heard. So I am just bringing you the uh, information. Well, it uh, does feel like, you know, the Marlins have been very specific about the types of players that they want in their organization in terms of build and, and you know, the way that they play the game. So to be able to actually hand select your own draft yeah, pick could important. be an advantage for them. It could, it could. So again, but, but the Rays, uh, unlike some of the other teams that we'll get to are trying to the word that I was told, they're trying to be creative with this. They're, they would, they have been trying to find a way to mix and match different players, potentially that the Marlins want. Uh, I don't want to personally throw out uh, random names with Tampa Bay to give you right. full transparency. I have not heard direct names going back and forth with the Rays. So, but I, but I do think that they are still firmly in the mix for this. Moving on to the next three teams, uh, I'll start with the the next two, and then we'll move on to more, the more splashy teams at the bottom. Uh, the Padres and the Reds, both at ten percent in that most recent update. Okay. The Padres have been a name that we've heard a lot on social media. Mm -hmm. I have not been able to obtain any information that the Padres are indeed serious about acquiring uh, Real Muto. There is a fit there. They have prospects. Uh, it, you know, you, you connect some dots. You put a puzzle together. You could fit the Padres in there. For me, they remain right where I have them. I don't see them as the team that's going to acquire them. Certainly could happen if things change. I personally don't have any information that leads me to believe that they are a serious contender uh, for JT. The Reds, on the other hand, I have names. So the Reds, even though the Reds are maybe on the back end of this and other teams seem to be intimating that the Reds are calling about a lot of different players. Like they just made that trade with the Dodgers a week or two ago. Right. That they are really interested in, in moving and shaking. And even the general manager, Dick Williams came out and said that too. Uh, how far will the Reds be willing to go with this? And like the Braves, will the Reds go the extra mile in this trade? The Marlins from the Reds uh, would like Taylor Trammell, Mm -hmm. who was the Futures game MVP, they would also like Nick Senzel, who is arguably their top prospect. Ah, that, that's tough that's probably lot. for the Reds to part with. But I can tell you, Jeremy, that if the Reds were willing to trade those two, JT would be traded to the Reds. Hmm. So the Reds remain there for me because I've heard names and I've right. heard proposals and not just they're in, they're out, they're in. And I do some of that too, <laughs> but, but I hear these things. And so I have to say that it doesn't move the Reds up or down anymore for me because I'm not sure where the talks stand. And the Reds may have hung up the phone with the Marlins and said, are they nuts? I'm not giving them, uh, we're not giving them Senzel and Trammell. It's certainly possible. But if Dick Williams was to call Mike Hill and say, hey, we'll give you Senzel, we'll give you Taylor Trammell. The more, he would be on the he would I think JT Real Muto would be traded to the Reds but as of right now he's not because the Reds are not willing to go that extra step it is all about the extra step I feel like That's there's it. so many hypothetical deals that are just that close away from one prospect to the next and changing you know where JT does end up which is pretty crazy that there's so many teams that really are out there at this point it, it, it's we're probably all going to get this wrong and it's going to be some team out of nowhere oh it'll be hilarious nothing is this good gonna... is this are people interest really interested in here is this interesting you this is more interesting Okay. Most people care. I'm like listening to myself talking. I, are people really interested in hearing all that? I guess they are. I guess no, they I'm are. enjoying it. I, you know, some people, including myself sometimes, enjoy the off season more than even the regular season. And just I just really haven't had a chance posturing. to expand on this. Right. Like, it's very hard to do it on Twitter. So I felt like this was the day to do it. I'm not going to do this every reason. week, but, you know, I, I feel like it's been a while. So let's uh, dive more in. Okay. Why, so now where are we, we at with Houston? Houston? All right. Houston? Yeah, it, exactly. No? So now we're down to Houston. So Houston, Houston makes the most sense of all the teams. I get it. Uh, the manager of the Houston Astros, this is very clear. The, Astro, the Houston Astros manager, A.J. Hinch, Hinch, excuse me, 
mm-hmm. uh, wants JT Real Muto. He wants him badly. He wants him right now. The general manager, Jeff Luno, wants him too, but is not willing up to give up the pieces. I don't think that Hinch cares. Hinch would do it. Luno would not. Uh, Luno runs the show. He's got a track record. He's proven to succeed. And that's where we're at. The other thing that you have to understand is that uh, Kyle Tucker would, you know, is the name that we keep hearing that the Marlins would potentially want. So ask yourself this question, Jeremy. Why have we not heard any other names coming from the Astros to the Marlins as like a, uh, like a uh, conciliatory? Like, okay, we won't right. give you Tucker, but we'll give you this. And here's the reason why. Because they haven't. They have not. <laughs> they have not. There's nothing close going on with the Astros. And yeah. I believe from the Marlins' point of view that they're, I, I think that they would do a deal for other players other than Kyle Tucker. I don't think the Astros have offered other players. I don't think that there's anything going on, as sad as it seems, because I think that this is the perfect spot for him. But I can't just sit here and BS you and say that, oh, the Astros are in and they're going to get him because I, I haven't heard that they've come back and said, well, we won't give you Tucker, but we'll give you J.B. Pekaskin, we'll give you Corbin Martin, we'll give you Jordan Alvarez and Josh James. I've heard nothing except for what's speculated, but not fact. So until I hear that there's a fact there or there's like a proposal of players going back and forth, Astros are not at the top, not close. And, and I, don't think that, I don't think that this is just about Tucker or Whitley. I right. think that this, at least not, I think that if other teams would step, I'm sorry, if the Astros would come back with a proposal of several players, I think that there's still a chance that that could get done. But the Astros are not trading Tucker and they're not trading Whitley. What happened after that conversation? I don't know, but I haven't heard any other names and that's troubling to me that, you know, I, uh, until I hear some things going back and forth, I can't say that a team is really serious. So unfortunately, as crazy as it sounds, the Astros, the perfect fit for this player and that team and the Marlins do not appear to be a match. Well, you just asked if this was interesting uh, for everybody listening. And to me, I, I find this to be interesting insight into the way information like this is gathered in terms of names got to be going back and forth for it to be taken seriously. And so uh, lastly, there is a 5% left at the end of your poll for the field. But the oh, biggest no. name. Don't, don't do it. The biggest name that everybody wants to know about that's been thrown out there. Like, oh, I thought the Marlins. I thought. You were oh gosh, no, I'm going. I'm not going. I'm not even going with the Marlins. Uh, and I could after this, but well, we'll have to. We'll have to get to that. We'll have we'll to address. Have, we'll have to talk about the possibilities of that. I will. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Great. Let's talk about the Dodgers here for a minute. Why does Craig never have the Dodgers listed among the teams? It's because he hates the Dodgers, right? It's because who? Who does? It's because you hate the Dodgers. That's, no, not at all. I thought, think. listen, last year I thought Stan was going to the Dodgers. And that's, right. w- and that's where we should start, right okay. there. Why did Stan not end up in L.A.? The Marlins and Dodgers, for reasons that I can't fully explain, because I don't know the side story, I don't know the backstory. story, uh, these two teams do not deal with each other often. Mm-hmm. Go back years of transactions and I think there's only one small transaction maybe over the last three years and then I've said this to people oh well they did trade D Gordon that was a long time ago (laughs) I mean a lot of teams have dealt with let's remove Seattle from the equation of trades with everybody a lot of teams trade with other teams and I think that there is some sort of I don't know if it's a trust factor or there there is just some dynamic there between the Dodgers and the Marlins where I do think in the particular case, they asked for Cody Bellinger and said, and I'm, I'm speculating here, and I think they said, and that's it. Yeah, we are not taking anything else from you guys. And, and I think from my perspective, speculation is because there is a dynamic missing there where they can go into their farm system and get back players that they can trust that they are getting back good players. Now, a lot of the onus does fall on the Marlins to do the proper scouting, of course, but when general managers want to make a deal, you're not looking to hose the other team in a deal. You're looking to make it fair for both sides. And I don't know that the Dodgers uh, are looking to make it fair for the Marlins. And I know that was the case when it came down to the Stanton deal. That was, they were just looking to unload a lot of, money and players who by the way are not even pitching or not even playing in major league baseball anymore so until these two teams do a deal 
I'm not going to believe they are going to do a deal. And again, I haven't heard any names. So I, in fact, I've only heard that the Marlins and Dodgers had one conversation, and that's it. Wow. One, one talk. That's it. So uh, are the Dodgers a great fit? Absolutely. Do they need a great catcher? Absolutely. Uh, I need a lot of things too, Jeremy. I'm a great <laughs> fit for a lot of things too. Doesn't mean they're going to happen. So I cannot put the Dodgers in there until I hear some things, until I hear something that leads me to believe that they're, they may be in. What does that mean? Where are the names? What are the, we're just going to throw names out there and try to make a trade? Yeah, I mean, I do that too. It's but like the pur- NBA trade finder. But for purposes of this, no. For purposes of this, no. I cannot have the Dodgers in there for the time being. And, and maybe, and maybe so I'll get smacked back by somebody and say, oh, the Marlins and Dodgers, they don't have any issues. They're totally fine. Yeah, well, it seems to me the Marlins have made trades with like 20 other teams in the last yeah. three years. They haven't with L.A. Right. So take it for what it's worth. <sighs> There's there's a lot going on in, in this whole <laughs> this whole thing. I, my mind's racing just trying to think of all the different scenarios. But the last we'll get traded to the Dodgers tomorrow, and then we'll, <laughs> right? We'll delete the, this probably. before before this podcast is even posted. <laughs> uh, the, the the last thing we do have to address is the possibility, and it, it feels slim to none. And you've literally had it listed as none. Right. Uh, I but, put it back. Yeah, put it back within five percent of. All right, but the the, the last possibility of JT just staying here. No, in no, no, no. That's and not- it doesn't, I know it doesn't feel likely. I'm, you know, I know it's, it's, it, it feels all but done that JT is gone, but until it is done, there are going to be Marlins fans that wonder, is JT just going to stay? I don't think so. I, I still think that a trade will get done uh, this month or, or potentially maybe early February uh, the Marlins are definitely asking for a lot. I don't think that the offers that have come in have been a lot, but I think at some point this has to be treated. I know it's going to sound silly, but a little bit like an auction mm. where the Marlins have a reserve price that they've set on, uh, on Real Muto. They have to understand that this reserve price that they set is going to go down in value. I don't care what anybody says. Owning JT for one year is not as good as two. Right. Owning him for a year and a half is not as good as two. Uh, Ken Rosenthal this morning in The Athletic pointed out something also very important. It's very hard to trade catchers. I've said this many times during the season because the familiarity with pitchers and, and their catchers, you want to have them in spring training. Absolutely. So I, I don't think that saying that he's going to stay is the move. So I am uh, – hopeful for the Marlins organization and for JT that they're able to work something out here in the next couple of months to get it done because this does unfortunately have the potential to get uglier than it is right now. Right. Uh, It does. So let's, let's just hope for the best there. Uh, I understand completely what the Marlins position has been for sure. You, you want to get the most you possibly can for the player, but there does come a point where you have to look at it and say, uh, you know, let, let's, let's go back. Let's get the best deal that we possibly can because there's a chance that what we have right now isn't even on the table six months from now. And that, that chance does exist. There's at least a 50-50 chance that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So that's rolling some serious dice for me. Uh, I would not. And then let's hope that, uh, that this is done and then we don't have to worry about talking about spring training or some of the other things that get involved with this. Right. Well, and as you pointed out, uh, one thing that I think often gets missed in JT's game is just how good he is defensively. I, I, I think having JT around spring training last year and working with those young guys is what allowed some of those Marlins starters to start so hot when they did. I mean, some of the, the Marlins pitching kind of started pretty well. And then obviously there were injuries and things like that. But that's a part of his game that because he's so great offensively, people sometimes for and not forget, not, not one of those, ah, people forget he's a good defensive catcher, but it, it gets overlooked in some of these conversations. And so you're right, trading a catcher before spring training is 100% necessary. Important. Yeah, it's very important. And the other thing that I would tell you that, and you could go back and listen to the, one of the interviews, uh, I think I did it for Sirius XM, where uh, I sat down with JT, we did a, a long uh, interview, and, and I asked him before the year, give me the one pitcher on the Marlins, who you think that really no one is talking about that could end up being you know, better than what we think? Because I right. do that a lot. for, And he said Caleb Smith. He was right. And, 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 I, and no one was talking about Caleb Smith at that yep. time. They weren't even talking about Caleb Smith making the rotation, let alone being as good as he was. 
And so you saw me on social media pounding that drum. Hey, you know, like Caleb Smith, he's going right. to make it. He's going to be the fight. And this is like, oh, like, like this was not my opinion. This was somebody else's opinion. This was the catcher's opinion. That was right. the guy that he said. And he was right. like, yeah, Caleb Smith, look out, this, this guy. And it, it, and it just goes to show you just how good he is as a player. I understand what the Marlins are trying to do and what they have tried to do. And, and JT, he's a big boy. He understands all the rumors that have been out there for the last month or so. But at some point, you got to stop. And the other thing, and, and I wouldn't suggest this, but the other scenario that could play itself out here and, and really has to if this is the direction they want to go, not something that I would recommend, but if the Marlins, I think, would have to in a month from now or two, three weeks from now say, okay, done, we're not trading the player. Mm. And now, do I think that's the right move? No, but you do not want going into spring training every single right. day of this happening, just like it would have with Yelich last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to be traded? How do you feel to be here? It's not going to stop, even though that JT will do his one interview and then not talk about it ever again. It's still It'll uh, in the background, unless the Marlins were to say, "Hey, that's it. We've shut the door. We're not trading the player." Right? And they haven't said that to this point. They haven't said they're trading him either. But we all kind of know that, that it's out there. So definitely some clarity, I think, soon will be needed here. Well, to those of you that have been tweeting at us for the last couple of weeks asking, where's the JT update? I hope this is. I don't been think I'm going to have one. That's it. That's, that's the most that's that I can it. possibly give. I've given, I put everything. <laughs> there's maybe only one or two things that I haven't put in this podcast that I know honestly yet because I still need to confirm a couple of players Mm -hmm. uh, in various deals that I have heard. That's the only thing left from that. I'm not comfortable doing it because when I only get it from one person, I need to double check it. I need to go to somebody else who I really trust to say, Hey, is this, or ask somebody else to ask somebody else for me. Mm -hmm. And so people think that I'm insensitive and I just throw these players around. That's not the case. When I hear a player and I can confirm it, I put it in there. There there are going to be times that I'm going to be wrong. I was wrong at times last year too, but I think I have a pretty good bead on on this particular situation. And when that confirmation exists, you know we'll have it here on Swing. I will have it for sure. But now, moving moving to some more news and notes just around the Marlins and and maybe around the major leagues. Yeah, I want to talk about one player real quick because as we are speaking here. Uh, I just got a, uh, a text about about mm-hmm. him that I had asked. The Marlins, uh, I know we've gone from peak interest of 10 out of 10. Now we're about to go to, to 1 out of 10. But stick with me, guys. You've listened this long. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, the Marlins added Rosell Herrera to their uh, 40 man yesterday. And uh, here is the text I got about Herrera. This is from someone very in the know on Herrera. Okay, mm. so this is this is coming from an MLB source who you couldn't speak to a higher level about knowing this player. And so here is the result that I got. All right. Here it is. I'm going to read it directly. Make sure there's no curse words in there. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, off the charts. Love him. Hardest working, greatest person there is. Whoa. Yes. Plays everywhere. Greatest teammate and coachable. He needs some adjustments at the plate to be a big league hitter. If he does, he could be an everyday guy for the right team. If all players were like him, everyone's job would be great. Refreshing player. Wow. That is the highest possible uh, accolade that I could possibly, that I've gotten. And again, one of the, the, the source here that I'm texting is as high as you can go in terms of uh, level. So, uh, and this is a non Marlins person, by the way, too. So uh, I can't obviously reveal it or it would ruin my relationship. But either way, uh, I've gotten a lot of negative from this person too. Believe me, this is a very, very strong endorsement for this player. Uh, what I see with Herrera, it seems like, Jeremy, he's going to take the spot of Yadi, uh, Herrera, Yadiel Rivera of last year. They're, Marlon's looking probably for a guy who can play all over the diamond right. but with a little bit more bat than Yadiel Rivera. I thought Rivera was a really great defender, but obviously offensively he didn't uh, – fit what the Marlins are trying to do. Maybe this is the 25th man on the roster for the time being, but certainly a very high, uh, very high accolade there. Yeah, swings, the Swings and Mishes Twitter account has now become a Rosel Herrera fan account, uh, just based off of that yeah. singular sentence. I'm, I'm like flabbergasted. By and it. I've got a lot of negative from this person, too, on different Marlins things. But, boy, this is, this is a, a very, very uh, strong endorsement. So uh, my guess is you're going to see this guy on the Marlins this year. 
That's exciting. Uh, it's a yeah. new name and, and a new face around the Marlins and a, and a, a couple others that uh, we can cover in terms of, uh, of names around the Marlins. How about Bud Norris? Yeah, Bud Norris, I reported a few weeks ago that uh, the Marlins had at the very least uh, shown some interest in him. Uh, he, I thought, was fantastic for the Cardinals out of the bullpen April, May, June, I think, maybe even into July, and then uh, wore down a little bit, uh, had some injury issues toward the end of the year. They put Jordan Hicks in there. Right. Uh, he's a veteran. He's been part of uh, rebuilds before. He spent years in Houston when they tore that thing down and then built it back up. Uh, I, I do think that he would want to play for the Marlins, from what I understand. He uh, is seeking a two-year deal. I don't know if that's in the cards, but uh, if the Marlins are looking for a proven-type veteran closer, uh, who then they would essentially, Jeremy, probably flip, let's be right. honest, in July uh, and get something back for, it would seem to me that Norris would be on a short list of, of uh, closer-type players out there. Uh, in terms of relievers, there are going to be many guys the Marlins are looking for. They are looking for a ninth-inning guy right now. Right. They are. And then at some point, maybe Steckenrider would become the closer, or they could use uh, Conley in different spots. For the first time this offseason, I believe it was at the winter meetings, uh, manager Don Manley did intimate at the very least that he'd be willing to use guys in different roles. Previously, Mattingly, when asked those same questions by me and other people, had said, I believe in one guy. I believe everybody should know their roles. I think that the way that baseball is moving toward, I think he and other managers understand that the critical part of the game could be the eighth inning. It could be the right. seventh inning. And you don't want to reserve it for that. Now, if you're looking at value, you're trying to build uh, Norris up, like the Marlins did a great job building Ziegler up, removing him from the closer, putting him in the seventh and eighth. He was fantastic. Right. They got back uh, Tommy Eveld for him. Maybe that's what they do with somebody like Bud Norris. I can't say that the Marlins are offering him a contract right now that I, but I don't know but at least I wanted to put that out there because I did mention it on social media a few weeks ago so there it is yeah uh, being able to build up value of players like that and sign them for cheap and then flip them is something that in a rebuild feels like the perfect thing to do um, and another name we just wanted to bring up real quick Tristan Pompey uh, who's been playing in the Pan Am games yeah we were going to lead off with this huge news but we decided to put yeah. it at the end, um, no, but seriously, uh, listen, Tristan Pompey is probably, I mean, I would say Will Banfield's probably my favorite young guy that the Marlins have. Uh, Osiris Johnson's in there too, but I think Pompey has a chance to be a star and he's going to get to play with his brother for Team Canada. I thought Dalton Pompey was going to be pretty good too, and, and it hasn't worked out the way that I guess you know, through injuries and I guess or different situations with him in Toronto. Uh, I do like this player a lot. I think he's going to be something with the Marlins, and I'm not really, uh, I'm not really surprised that he was selected to to play in this. He's one of the young, up and coming players the Marlins have in the minors. They have a lot of guys. They're going to get more this year in the draft, which is why everyone just needs to, if they're a Marlins fan, be patient. 2019 is probably not going to be pretty at all. But then starting 2020, you're going to start to see some of these kids up, some of these draftees from college, some of the kids who they've been cultivating from the previous regime also. So certainly there's a lot to be excited about. It's just very hard to explain to fans that 2019 could look worse than 2018. Yeah. But it's just the reality of, of what they're going through right now. Yeah, we've all uh, we've discussed that at, at length, that this is not exactly the year to be looking forward to competitive baseball. But as years go down the line, you know, it's it's a build yeah. for a reason that that listen, the, the Cubs did it. The Astros did it. The Phillies did it. The Braves did it. The Marlins have to do it. I, I am not in favor of any patchwork this year. If if they need to lose, let them lose. And then 2020, when some other guys like Prado and some and Castro and then closer on Chen come off the payroll. You spend your money on the young players. You tried and win. And 2020 should be their target. Not 2019, please. No. It's not exactly a space where the Marlins are in a, a Don't real, rush this. There's no reason to rush this. Take your time. There's no reason to, to try and fast forward a build or a rebuild. The, the fans in general previously have not gone when Stanton was chasing 60 home runs. They're only going to go when the team is winning. So if you're not going to be winning and you're not going to be competing for a championship, there is no reason to overspend on one-year guys. Just fill the holes that you need to fill for this year. Get your top five draft pick, and then in 2020, you start to make noise. It's a tough, tough thing to have to say and have to be the reality with, but that's the reality that I see. Well, now we can get to some questions from uh, some fans of the show. Um, and 
there, there were questions all over the board. Obviously, the majority of them started with JT Ramuto, and we covered most of that. So I'm going to kind of skip around here. But, uh, Craig, if you want to take some of these questions, we can yeah, just do, do quick responses to all of them. Um, so I'm just going to go in order of, of what we received, starting with at that baseball guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked, would the Marlins be possibly in on buying low on a guy like Drew Pomerantz? Uh, haven't heard his name before. I guess they could end up with uh, another starting pitcher. Uh, right now, it would seem that they do have six or seven guys that are ready, and that doesn't include Nick Neidert, who would probably be waiting in the wings to start for them in AAA. Uh, nothing would surprise me, Jeremy, in terms of a veteran. I haven't heard his name personally. I think a lot of the rotation and adding an extra piece to that rotation is going to be surrounded around what Chen, what they end up doing with Chen this year, whether Chen is a starter or a reliever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Chen pitched very well at home. He didn't on the road. And I, look, I don't see Chen, Jeremy, as a Tulowitzki situation where the right. Jays just punted 50 million or whatever it was. I will say that it would not surprise me if, if that, kind of played itself out this year if Chen couldn't pitch or if he got hurt they just may want to uh, part ways with that and just right. say hey you know we screwed up it wasn't us it was the previous guys we're not getting anything from him but he did pitch very well at home last year so if Chen is part of the rotation I don't see them jumping outside the organization to get another veteran starting pitcher right but if something was to happen to him I think it would be necessary because then you're counting on all young guys from Tommy Hill at FLA Marlins 93. It's a fun handle. Uh, he just wants to know where the future MLB players are with the Marlins. So, so I guess sort of how far away are some of these prospects that we've talked about, like a Tristan Pompey or Will Banfield? Yeah, those guys, not, not close. But the, the Marlins players that, that you could see in the big leagues uh, in 2019, uh, number one would be Monte Harrison, but right. it would not be right away. It would be at some point during the season. Number two would be Isan Diaz, who I think is going to be the starting opening day second baseman for them in 2020. I right. don't know if it'll be this year, but it'll be 2020. So those are the, you know, the kind of two that I think that I have circled at this point right now. Uh, I also do think that, that Tommy's question is fair, mm-hmm. but I can't say that Victor Victor Mesa for sure is with the Marlins this season in the big leagues. That's not something that I could say with certainty. But I would say that he will be on the big league squad in 2020 and should be an opening day outfielder for them without a doubt in 2020. Right. But those three players, but I would give Mesa a little bit of a mulligan there because, again, coming to the big leagues, he does need to spend some time in the minors. How long that will be? Will it be a year? Will it be two years? I'm not, I'm not really sure. So I would say Harrison, Diaz, and Mesa mm-hmm. combined with – let's say two or three veterans that they add to the team this year. And then from June on 2019, this may actually resemble somewhat of a decent offense at that right. point, but let's not make any bones about it from the start of the season to June. It's going to be a struggle. Most likely. Right. Well, and a couple of the names that you actually just brought up. So I'll, I'll skip around over to them. Uh, a couple of different people wanted to know different things here with these names. Um, Doug Ferrand wanted to know about Isan Diaz and whether or not he gets a shot now in 2019 or, as you said, in 2020. And then, it doesn't make uh, sense. If they like him a lot, why would they start the clock on him? Right. There's no point if he's a top-five prospect in their organization, which I think eventually they envision him being. He had a good offseason in the leagues he was playing in. You start him in AAA. If he does well, you call him up. You have Starlin Castro there. He's not going anywhere. He's making too much money. He is the starting second baseman for the Marlins. It is imperative for them to get Castro on the field opening day and playing well for four months so they can trade this yes. player. That is yes. very important to get something back. He, you know, Castro at this point, good clubhouse guy, above average uh, major league player, four-time all-star, and, and a reasonable halfway through the season salary to get something back for, you have to play Castro. Diaz cannot open the season with the Marlins unless they trade Castro. And then at that point, yeah, he could, but no. Uh, when you have an asset like Castro, who's a good player, you got to try and get something back for him in return. And the way you do that is not by sitting him. It's by playing right. him every day. And, I would, and he will, in my opinion, be on the Marlins uh, to start the season. He's definitely a guy that you're looking to flip at the deadline. And, and Daniel DeVivo wants to know about Jordan Holloway. Just any input you got on him. 
Yeah, Holloway is a really interesting story. He, uh, he's been with the organization for a while. He was a late-round pick. He had Tommy John surgery. He came back throwing harder than ever. Still mm-hmm. a little bit of a project, I think. Uh, it falls into that category, unfortunately, with some of the other uh, picks that the Marlins have had, like Trevor Rogers, uh, Braxton Garrett is somebody that everyone seems to forget about, but he'll be back mm-hmm. with the Marlins this season after a full year off for Tommy John surgery. And again, those guys come with a much higher pedigree than Holloway, but with based on what we saw out of Holloway late last year, there is uh, some optimism that he could be a little bit of a, a diamond in the rough, but still a long way to go there. And, and the Marlins chose to protect him, which tells you how they feel about him. But for me to say that he's an ace or a number two right now would be foolish. I think that we'll get to know a lot more about him in 2019 when we see him play a full season in the minor leagues, making 25, 30 starts. And then we can start you know, having some projection on him, but certainly an exciting player. And anytime somebody comes off an injury and is throwing harder than what they were or looks better than what they were, that's somebody that you have to keep an eye on, kind of like uh, Josh James with the Houston mm. Astros who had the he was a late round pick and then had sleep apnea they figured it out got him right all of a sudden now he's one of the top pitching prospects right. in baseball things happen guys go from late round picks to stars maybe Holloway is one of those guys but let's give him 2019 to figure that out we can only hope that that's the projection of, sure. of Jordan Holloway um a couple couple more questions before i get to some kind of funny ones from fish stripes that they just sent over but okay. uh david engelson just kind of and this was in, intriguing to me too he just wanted to know uh, how, if you had any sense of how the Jeter ownership group or Sherman ownership group is, is regarded around the league after the first year, you know, if there's any, if you have any sort of sense on that. Um, I, I don't, I don't see, I haven't heard any negative things really. No. I mean, I, I, I mean, there are some people who don't feel like this, this real Muto thing is being handled right. I'm, I'm, that's the only really, I mean, it's, oh, put, put it this way. If that's the only, I'm trying to think of, I try to think of the bad first before the right. good, because universally it's been good. I mean, right. I, I have not had anyone tell me anything negative. So I would say overwhelmingly positive. And, and I think that other owners are rooting for them to succeed. I do. I, I right. Mean, because, because when teams are competing, it is better for the league, not worse. That's and the Marlins nice right now are not, right. And they're not competing right now. So it's hard, but. Mm-hmm. I, I've said this before, and, I, and I'm waiting for the Real Muto trade to kind of put the stamp on it, but the judgment for the Marlins, for uh, Derek Jeter and Bruce Sherman and everyone involved, once Real Muto is traded, that's when you can start judging. That's, that's when it, you cannot have judged anything that has happened in the past year, maybe outside of saying that the trade for Brinson, the trade for Yelich wasn't didn't work out the way that they thought only right. on the Brinson end for me, because the rest of it, I, I still think is TBD. I think right. Harrison could be good. I think that Diaz could be good, but understanding that seeing Brinson play every day in the big leagues for a full year and he didn't play well. Yeah. There is some judgment there, but as an organization, they didn't have, they hadn't had any time. You got to give these guys a full year more that was the trade good for Yelich. Was the trade good for Ozuna? You couldn't judge that in the last six months. You couldn't even, nothing. Now you can. Now is the time after the team has owned, they've owned for a year. They've made some changes with the menu, with the statue, yeah. with their in-game presentation. A lot of changes have happened. You can start now. I think it was very unfair and overly critical of, of judging something. I know if I took over a business that I had never done before and people were judging me in the first month or two, I'd be mortified. So, yep. You, Give them the time. Now you can start. I, t- I tend to agree on that, on that end. Uh, and lastly, I'm just going to jump over to what Fish Stripes asked us. And they must know that BetDSI is our sponsor because they gave us some over-under bets. Okay. So, this is my favorite. I haven't even seen this. So we've got, going in cold. <laughs> going in cold. <laughs> we, got, we got three of them, and, and I'll save the best for last. Uh, over-under, in your opinion, 30 days before JT trade is official. Under Over or under 30 days. Under. Under. Oh, we can all just get this anxiety off. February 3rd, that would mean, right? Yeah. Or it would be, right, 30 like days would be, yeah, it would be February 3rd. Uh, yeah, under 30 days then. Uh, yeah. Over, my, my, my prediction is it's going to sneak up on us. Okay. They're going to try and hide it from me and then sneak it in. <laughs> but you can't hide it from me. It's made very obvious in the first half hour of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> over, under, one million fans that attend Marlins Park this season. Oh man, I'm not good with attendance. I don't know how many went last year. I'm not like, sure. I think like a little over eight hundred thousand. They'll have more this year. 
All they'll right. have more. They've done a really good job promoting the brand. I, I think I don't so, know. too. I, I know how many games I'll be at. It'll be like a million. <laughs> yeah, do I, how many do I count? Do I count as just one? Have my get, son. You should get to count like every game. single time. Uh, and the last one, and, the, and we're saving the best for last year, over under, uh, over under 40 episodes of Swings and Mishes. Oh, you're so 52 weeks out of the year. Well, we may do 40 episodes. I don't know if I'll do 40 episodes. All right. Yeah, I'll be doing 40 episodes. You'll, you'll be doing I'll be over. doing at least 40 over for episodes. you doing 40. Over for me. But for, like, for, like, for example, we're going to do an episode probably like every week moving forward. Uh-huh. We've had such good response and sponsors and everything like that. But I, I, the reason why I haven't done episodes the last couple of weeks is that there really just hasn't been that much to say. If something right. was, if I had some great information, or what, I'd say, Jeremy, let's go. Let's do a podcast. Uh-huh. But I'm, I was sitting back in the last couple of weeks watching the same thing as everybody else was with nothing. You know saying, what? I'm going to go ahead and say you're going to do the over two because sometimes we have a couple per week. 40? 40? It's, That's like every get, week. You still get 12 weeks off. That's no, like three months. I don't know. We'll today was di- listen. Today <laughs> even doing today was even dicey because a lot yeah. of it is like still speculation and mm-hmm. and you know some fact, some rumor. So and I really it's it's hard for me at this point because I did not think that this would linger this long. This right. uh, this story would. I don't think that the Marlins thought that this would linger this long with JT, but you no, know, they just haven't had the deal that that fit for them. So here we are. But I I doubt that I'll do another one of these. Um, you know, going team by team thing. But I suppose if we are still in the same position a month from now, then maybe, maybe that's what I'll have to do, but hopefully not. Hopefully this, this gets resolved. Let's hope it sneaks up on us the same way that you just, I think uh, it's going to sneak up on us. I do. I think, I think all of a sudden, like yellow for everybody involved, we're going to get a, you know, Phillies hot on real Muto <laughs> next day, traded to the Phillies. Done. Something like that. I, yeah. I, have, I do. I have a feeling because the, the teams that are screaming the loudest, all oh, the Mets, it's the Mets. No shot. Yep. Dodgers, Dodgers, Astros, Astros, Braves. Nothing, right? Nothing. Could, Nothing's could happening. Be. Could be. Yeah. Oh, we can only hope. Uh, any last notes before we uh, wrap this thing up? Man, this is long. I think we covered everything. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we went so long today. I don't think anybody listened to the end of this. I think people I hope have they been did. long gone for like once I mentioned Rosell Herrera, they're like, all right, was, all right we're stop. good. Yep, hit stop. Good. That's it. Hey, the download still counts. That's true. Once they hit at the beginning, that's all. Yep, we're good. No, we're still getting our, our checks. <laughs> good. <laughs> that's the important thing. So just a reminder for people who listen to me that uh, my show on SiriusXM begins Monday, uh, January the 7th, if you guys are interested, on uh, XM87 Sirius 210. The GM and Comish, myself and Jim Bowden, We'll be talking all sports in January before we kind of move more to uh, baseball in February and March. We, of course, will talk baseball in January, but we're doing some some new things. And I do appreciate everybody who uh, supports me, as I said, on New Year's Eve and supported this podcast as we got it rolling and supports uh, everything that I do and Jeremy does as well. So thank you, guys. I wouldn't do this without you guys listening, downloading, liking, and all those other things. Appreciate it. Amen. Uh, thanks, Marlins fans, for uh, tuning in. Happy New Year to all of you, and we look forward to having the best in Marlins coverage as we take on 2019.